Greetings in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We at Clarion Call Christian Center are delighted that you chose to listen to our worship service. Each of our pastors endeavor to preach the word of God with clarity to your spirit. So let us enter the service already in progress. Father, we thank you. We give you glory and we give you praise. More for all that you're doing. More for all that you've already done. Lord God, we just lift your name on high this morning. We come this morning, Lord, just to say thank you. Thank you for bringing us out once again into the house of prayer. Lord God, meet us right here where we're at. Bless us, Lord God. Teach us, Lord God. Speak to our hearts this morning. Lord God, use me as your servant this morning. You speak through me, oh God. Have your way in me. Have your way through me. That the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart will be acceptable in your sight. Lord God, I thank you for every ear that's here. Lord God, to hear from you this morning. Incline their ears to your every word this morning, oh God. Give them wisdom. Give them understanding. Lord God, we just ask you just to continue to bless this house. And we'll be careful to give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. While you're standing, turn with me in your Bible to 2 Timothy. Chapter 3, 2 Timothy, Chapter 3, and we're going to begin the reading of God's Word at verse number 14, 2 Timothy, Chapter 3. Verse 14. And the word of the Lord reads. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned. And hast been assured of. Knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child that thou know. Known the holy scripture which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable 
for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished under all good works. You may be seated. I want to use for a subject this morning. It's a faith walk. It's a faith walk. Glory to God. If you've been a believer for any period of time, one who reads the word of God, one that studies the word of God, one that has heard the word of God preached, you probably heard it said when it comes to faith, the verse, Second Timothy, I mean Second Corinthians five and seven. It says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. When we look at what faith means, it means to have confidence in God. Faith means to have confidence in the word of God. And sometimes what we see and how we view our circumstance causes the way we see faith as it's not helping with what I'm dealing with. I need an answer now. Amen. Amen. I need things to change right away. I need them to change soon because this is what we do when we look at things through our eyes instead of looking at them through faith. But when we look at it from that way, God never promised that he would deliver us from our problems, and he never promised that he would deliver us from persecution. God's promise was, I'll deliver you through your problems, and I'll deliver you through your persecution. Because his word declares, I'll be with you always, even until the end of the world. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And he said, I won't, and I won't So whatever it is that you're going through in life, God is there to see you through it. In fact, he uses our challenges, our difficulties, 
our persecutions, our problems, to develop our capacity to trust him. He uses it to depend on him because that's what faith is. Trusting in God regardless of what the circumstances look like, seem like, whether we understand it or not, that's what it means when we say it's a walk of faith. Because we're going to trust God regardless of what the circumstances is that we're going through. Have you ever walked as an exercise for yourself? You know, there's a way that people do this walk. They, they have it where you got some that they walk slow. You know, you, you trying to walk and trying to get it going on, and they say, when you move out of the way, you walk it too slow. Or you got some of those that will walk regularly. They just, like walking through the mall, they just walk normally. And then you got those that are power walkers. You see them, they got their weights in their hands, their arms are swinging, and they taking them long steps, and they power walking. That's the way our, our faith is. We, we have a, a means of how sometimes our faith, we do it slowly. Sometimes our faith is, is just a regular walk. And sometimes we got to believe God so much that it's got to be all the power that's inside of us. I remember myself, I had a, a means where I had to take my car to the shop to have some repairs done on it. And the mechanic said, well, I'm going to need the keep it for most of the day. And it was about midday afternoon and nobody was home to give me a ride up or bring me back from the shopping. I, I looked on my mileage gauge and I realized that the distance from my home to the shop was about five miles. So I called the cab and the cab said, well, we can't get nobody to you for at least an hour. And you and Uber said, <coughs> we ain't got nobody in your area, and I don't know when they're going to be able to get in your area. So I, I look back over when I was in the gym working out and so forth, and I run two, three miles, and then walk two, three miles, and I said, well, let me see if I can walk this. And... I started my walk, and about two miles in, I got my power walk on. I'm, I'm just going, right? Then I got about three and a half, four miles in, and, you know, while I was walking, I had my headphones on. I'm just, you know, enjoying the walk, right? About, about three, four miles in, a thought came to my mind about a conversation that I had with Sister Johnson and her daughter at, at one of, uh, I don't remember whether it was a morning service or Bible study, but the thing that she said to me, she said, 
you gotta eat mustard. Or, or drink dill pickle juice. Cause stop the cramps in your legs. Cause, cause right about this time, you know, I can feel the legs tightening up. You know, uh, uh, I, I can feel the knocks going in as I'm walking, right? And, and, and I said, I, I, I can make this. So I, I keep on walking, right? So I get about that fourth mile, and I went from regular to to the slow. But you know, God is good. I made it home. God is good. I give him the praise and I give him the glory for the, the ability to be able to walk those five miles. But, but, but I tell you all of this because what I'm trying to get you to see is in our text, Paul was saying to Timothy that there's a preparation that has to be manifested in your life when you go about walking this walk of faith. You have to be prepared. You, you just can't go into it any kind of old way. You got to be ready because cause he, he talks about in the beginning of this chapter what it is that we're going to be up against. He talks about how he says, he says that we're in the last days. We're, we're in a perilous time when he said men are going to be lovers of their own self. They're going to be covetous, bolsters. He said, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers. Do any of you have false accusers? You on a job and they saying, she did it, he did it. We're in those last days now. The false accusers, the, the, the people that's lovers of themselves instead of lovers of God. We're right in the middle of it now, and we've got to be prepared. Amen. We've got to be ready for what God is doing in our lives. He said that there's going to be those that are without natural affection. They ain't going to care about what you care about, what you think about, what is on your mind. All they think about, what about me? And this is what we're up against right now. And Paul was telling Timothy, he said, get ready. Be ready for this. And, and, and he, he says, and it's going to take everything you've got to deal with these kind of people. It's going to take everything in you to be able to handle not dealing with that battle of the old man, you know, and going off on people. You, you've got to be able to be prepared for what you're about to come up against. Because what it's saying here, that when we've done all that we can to stand, Donnie McCulkin said, we got to stand anyhow. The Williams brothers put it like this. 
Because prayer, well, this is probably not the William brother. He said prayer is the key. And our faith is going to unlock the door. You're going to have to have a prayer life. You're going to have to have a means of where you've got that kind of relationship with God that when I come up against the, the tricks and the cats and the schemes of the enemy, I'm going to have to know how to battle what it is I'm going through. And, and he said that here in our text in verse 14, Paul says to Timothy that, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned. See, I heard a preacher say this. He said, some of us are really blessed because we grew up as children in the church and the foundation for what we're going to believe in. We, we came up with it being instilled in us. But you got some that just came to God and, and they might be in their 20s, their 30s, their 40s, and, and they don't understand what it means to fight the good fight of faith. But that's, but that's what Paul is saying here. You've got to be able to fight the good fight of faith and, and use everything that you learn. And we say, why is that so important? Why do we stress so much? Come to church. Don't miss Bible study. Come on to Sunday school because there's a foundation that needs to be settled in you that you can be prepared for this battle that's about to come your way. The fiery gods of the enemy are real. Amen. Look, look at the scripture and look at what it says in our text in verse 9. No, verse 8, excuse me. It talks about two men. It talks about now as Janus and Jambres without, I mean, withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt mind reprobate concerning the faith. If you know anything about these two people, Moses was trying to kill the people. This is how we're going to make it to the promised land. And Jamis and Jabring or whatever their name they were saying, that ain't going to work. We ain't going to make it into the promised land. Don't listen to him. And you want to know something? You guys are right in the middle of some people like that today. They're telling you that this word of God don't work. Why you go to that church every day? It don't work. But, but you've got to be rooted. You've got to be grounded. You've got to be settled in this thing so that when those reprobated people come next you talking all that noise, you can stand on the word of God for yourself. Amen. Amen. When you look at that word, reprobate, it says depraved. They've got a depraved mindset. Everything that comes out of their mindset is, i got to destroy what's good. Everything out of their mindset says that they're 
morally corrupt. Everything that's moral and good, they're going to corrupt it. Because that's the way they think. That's the way their mind is geared. But when we look at it from the standpoint of faith, everybody in this room has faith. But when it talks about that reprobate mindset, the, the, the New Living Version or translation of that word reprobate means a counterfeit faith. All of us have faith. I can walk over here and say, I don't even go there and think about whether that light going to come on or go off. I just know when I hit the switch, the light coming on. I got that kind of faith. I can walk over to this chair and sit down, and I bet you there ain't a person in this room this morning that walked in here and said, ooh, I wonder if this chair going to hold me up today. Because they got that kind of faith. But that's a counterfeit faith. That's not, that kind of faith is not going to help you when you're in trouble. That kind of faith is not going to help you when problems arise in your life, when sickness comes about. That kind of faith is not going to help you. You need the kind of faith that, that comes from the word of God. The Bible says in verse 16 of our text, it says that all scripture, not some, not a few, not a couple, but it says all scripture. That means everything that's written in this book, God breathed it. It came from the inspiration of God. So, so that says to me that, that if this is God speaking to me through his word, then when I pick up this word and read it, then I need to be looking at it where God is speaking directly to me. That means I don't look over it where, ooh, that just don't, that, you know. Because the Bible said every got and every tip, tittle of this word will not return under him void, will not be cast out. Every word that comes out of this word of God. Is God speaking to you and me? So when I pick up my Bible and read it, I'm looking at it where God is speaking right to me. And what does that do to me as, as one that is a believer? It causes me to get stronger in my faith. Because I'm looking at it when it's not just words. It's God talking. It, 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 it's something that deepens my hunger for the word of God because I want to know what God has to say to me next. Amen. 
So when I do that and, and, and I'm looking at it, I'm believing that by faith, God is talking directly to me. And, and, and I can look at the first verse of this Bible and it will tell me that this is God talking. Why? Turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. When I, go, when I open up my doors and my window and I look outside, the, the earth is no longer dark, form, and void. I see God spoke life. And what he spoke, I'm looking at. I'm looking at the hills. I'm looking at the trees. I'm looking at the grass. I'm looking at the animals. And these are words that God spoke out of his mouth. So it's saying to me, this word of God is speaking directly to me. And because of the fact that, that I'm looking at it from that standpoint, then it gives me a, a realization to want to draw nearer to what this word is saying. Because it says that in our text, it says in, in verse 16, it says, it's given by inspiration of God and it's profitable. That means that it's working in my favor. For doctrine. That shows that we all need truth. We need to understand the truth, what is true and what is false. You got a jailhouse full of people that, that don't understand the difference between what's true and what's false. But this word says that his doctrine will tell me what is true and how to do the right thing and not the wrong thing. But when I go home, if I take the book, and then more than likely I'm going to wind up somewhere down the line doing the wrong thing. He says that it's for reproof. We all, we talked about it this morning, have a, a, a rebellious spirit. That we rebel against God. But his word lets me know that when I do that, if I'm in it, it will guide me to repentance. That I can get back in right standing with God. If the book is closed, 
then I'm not going to hear the reproof. And what I'm going to do is, what I'm doing is absolutely right. I don't have a problem in the world. And then when, when all craziness breaks loose, then we want to sit up and say, why am I going through all this? You know, we see it on a day-to-day -day basis. You see a person that will come in here and, and what they'll say to you is that life is just beating me down. I, I need the Lord in my life. Can you pray for me? And we'll pray for them, lift them up, give them some encouraging words, and then we're going to see them for three months. Because at that point, they're saying, oh, everything okay now. But God said, reproof so that you can repent. I can be going on and everything can be fine, and I still need to say, God, forgive me. God, I've wronged you. Help me. Forgive me that I can get back in right standing with him. It says corrections. We all make mistakes. Sometimes thinking we're doing the right thing when we're not. But every mistake that we do needs to be corrected. The Bible says, whom the Lord loves, he chastens. Sometimes our correction is not something that we want to deal with. But it's something that we need to get him back in right standing with God. So we need to take that correction. We need to deal with what it is that we're going through that God can begin to grow us up in the way that he has already predestined us to live. And it says that instruction. So God can train and show us how we're supposed to do it right. Ain't that what we do with our children? We train them up in the way that they should go. Tell them when they do something wrong, uh-uh, don't do that that way. This is the way you're supposed to do it. That's what God is doing with us. He's giving us the instructions on how we're supposed to live holy and righteous before him. Amen. And it's so that we can be thoroughly furnished under all good works. We go back to Timothy and Paul. He's just preparing you. Amen. Preparing you for what it is that God has already prepared for you to walk in. Most of the time to carry out these doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction, like I said earlier, he has to chastise us. 
he has to let us know that we're doing wrong. And we're not supposed to look on that chastisement where God doesn't really care for me. You know, you got a lot of people that have left the church because they thought, you know, things were supposed to be different. We got a lot of people that come into the church, new believers, and the first thing they believe is, as soon as I get saved, I ain't going to have no more troubles. But the thing is about it is that's when the trouble starts. Because he's overcome the trials and the tribulations that we're going to go through. He's already made a way of escape for us through it. But we got to be diligent. We got to be faithful. We got to be willing to go through the chastisement. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 55. I'm going to piggyback on Pastor from last week. Isaiah chapter 55. Looking at verse 10. It says, for as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not hither, but watereth the earth and maketh. He used as an illustration last week, he said, for Sister Ross, he said, she was driving from Atlanta all the way to Warner Robins for that job. And he was talking about how God made it where the people that she was supposed to talk to was already in play. He talked about it being done years before this even came about. He used me as an example of, of years before this come about setting up me making that trip from California out here. Clarence Carl wasn't even thought of when that manifestation was coming about. But God knew what he was doing. God knew what he needed done. So he already molded and shaped and put everything. He made everything the way it was supposed to be. And, and because of it, I'm blessed beyond my wildest dreams because that's the hand of God causing his word to come alive in our hearts and in our minds. And here's how he does it. Look at verse 11. He says, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. This is the word coming out of his mouth. It's right here in the word. He's talking to you right out of his mouth through the word of God. 
And, and, and in that way, he's talking to you out of the word of God. He, he's showing you that those things that you're needing out of life, I've already set forth for you to have. I've already made a way out of no way for you. I've already done what you need done. The words that's coming out of my mouth. He says in there, he said, it shall not return to me void. This word is not going to return to God void. What he says is going to happen in it is going to happen. But what that means for us is that we've got to know it for ourselves that we can speak it to him that it won't return void. If I don't know it to speak to him, then my situation is just lying dormant and he's sitting there saying, say it. I'm waiting for you to say it. My word is right there. All you got to do is say it and I'll move. And we walk right away because we don't know what to say because we ain't spent time. Knowing the word for ourselves. Applying it to our circumstances. Applying it to the situations in our life. This word will not return unto him boy. But it says, but it shall accomplish that which I please. The Bible says in John, 3 John, verse 2, it says, Beloved, I wish, I wish above all things you would prosper. You got people running around here talking about, oh, I need money. Oh, if I run, a, if I won a lottery, I have everything I need. And God's saying right there, above all things, I wish above all things that you would prosper. God wants you to have money. God wants you to prosper. God wants you to have the things of your, that you desire of your heart. I wish that you would be in hell. He doesn't want nobody walking around here sick. But then he says in there, even as your soul prospers, the book is closed, and my soul is not prospering. So I'm going through challenges. I'm dealing with circumstances. I'm challenged. I'm, I'm wondering why I'm going through what I'm going through, because the word will not return under God's voice but it will accomplish all that God sent it to do. But here's the thing about the scripture that, about this scripture that really just kind of just blew me away. Okay, look at what it says. It says, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Now, for years, I misquoted this, this scripture. Because the way I quoted it was, 
and it shall prosper whereto I sent it. And if you look at that, I don't know if it is in your Bible, but it says in the thing is in italics. You see that? It's in italics. It says in the thing is the desire of your heart. What are the desires of your heart that's in the thing? I want my child to be saved. It's in the thing to where I sing it. It's in the thing that I want to be healed. And I sing it. It's in the thing for me to prosper. And I sing it. See, God, God understands the desires of our heart, and he wants to send it to us, but it's in the thing that's in the word of God. It's in the word, and you've got to say, it's not, Lord, oh, I hope my child gets healed. Can you, oh, can you lift him up and heal him? No, uh-uh. You think the word of healing. I'm putting the word on my situation. You was wounded for my transgressions and bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace is upon you, and by your stripes I'm healed. Amen. I'm not sitting up there begging to heal my child. I'm putting the word on what he's going through. Amen. And that works with every circumstance that goes on in our lives. Then we've got to put the word on it. And if I don't know it, I can't put the word on it. Amen. That's why we stand up here and say, come on and learn this word. Because you've got to be able to put the word on your circumstances. On your difficulties, on your problems, on your challenges. You've got to put the word of God on it. Because it doesn't return unto him, boy. It accomplishes those things that he pleases. And he cares about the desires of your heart. So it's saying that. All scripture, everything in this word of God is God talking to you and saying to you, read it, meditate on it, study it. Isn't that what Joshua said? Meditate on this word day and night. Do according to all that it says therein. It says then, not later, he said then you will prosper. He said then you will have good success. That's what his word is doing. It's, it's applying it to our lives to the point where we can have the desires of our heart if we allow the word to work in our minds and in our hearts. See, this is a faith walk. You've got to believe that the word works. 
you got to believe that what you say about the word is going to accomplish what it is that you're saying. That's faith. And like Pastor just said, without that, it's impossible to please God. You can't please him unless you just sit up here and say this word that I just spoke over my child works. This word that I just spoke over my finances works. This word that I spoke over my supervisor works. This word that I spoke over my cramp in my leg as I'm walking works. The word works, ladies and gentlemen. The word works. And it's so important to get the word inside. It's so important to, to study, to show yourself the proof under God. Because this is a walk of faith. It's a faith walk. And you've got to trust God. You've got to believe God. And you got to stand on his word. Because it's a faith walk. Do you hear me? Do you receive it? Father, we thank you. We give you glory and we give you praise that your word is true. God, that your word is alive. And Lord God, it will accomplish all that you send it to do where until you please. And Lord God, if, if there is a challenge in our mindset of how we stand on that, your word declares if we lack wisdom to let us ask of God. Give us the wisdom, Lord God, on how to stand on your word. How to believe your word. And if there is a challenge on how to study, then Lord, give us the wisdom on how to study your word. That we might be men and women of God fit for your use. Lord God, we just want to say thank you. We want to say thank you for your word. Write it on the tables of our hearts, Lord God. Teach it to us, Lord. And then, Lord God, cause us to grow thereby. And we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for it. In Jesus' name, amen. We at Clarion Call Christian Center thank God that you worship with us. We are located at 213 Green Street in the city of Warner Robins, Georgia. Feel free to join us at any of our scheduled services or fellowships. They are worship service each Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Sunday school, second and fourth Sundays at 9 a.m. 
Bible study every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Women of the Kingdom Sisterhood Fellowship every second Saturday at 10 a.m. Remember that you are a value to the kingdom of God. Be blessed.